sensation, horror, shock. Send them out in the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. come to an end which led to July which has come and gone with no podcast but July has come to an end as well and with it the hiatus of the monster's lair also with it the end of the longest deepest darkest depression I have personally experienced in a very long time Like with any depression, it came on out of nowhere and hit me like a megaton shitload of bricks and totally cut my legs out from under me. It could have been triggered by being overworked, could be because of the issues with grief I'm still struggling with daily, it could be because of the bout of writer's block I recently experienced, it could have been due to lack of self-esteem boiling over, or it could be all of these combined or for none of these reasons at all. No matter what the reasons, it's done now thanks to a new gym routine, support from great family and friends, and of course, getting back to this podcast. Listeners, I cannot stress this enough. Please, no matter how busy you are, no matter what you have going on, Take the time and please periodically reach out to your loved ones and your friends. Whether it's a phone call, a text, an email, a DM, and just ask everyone if they're okay. This simple gesture could literally save someone's life. At the very least, it lets those close to you know you actually care. Also, if you're hearing my voice and listening to these words, and you are having difficulties. Maybe you're sad. Maybe you're feeling numb. You have thoughts weighing you down. 
or maybe you just don't feel like yourself, reach out. Talk to someone. I understand that this aspect of the illness can be the most difficult thing to do for some. But once you do, I guarantee you will feel better if you are someone out there and you can hear this and you feel like you're past the point of no return and you feel like hurting yourself or others, please stop. Contact someone immediately. If you are too shy to talk to someone you know or feel embarrassed or feel you want to talk anonymously to someone, please reach out to the Crisis Lifeline at 988. The Lifeline is available to everyone 24 hours and accepts calls, texts, and chat. Once again, that number is 988 or visit the website at 988.lifeline.org. Anyone, anywhere, at any given time could be struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts, and or intrusive thoughts or ideas. Please reach out to your friends and family, check in, and ask how they are really doing. It could make a huge difference in one of your friends' lives. With that being said, thank you to those of you who checked in on me throughout the last month. It means more than you all will ever know and you all know who you are. So, during this sad time of this depression that I was feeling, all I really did was go to work, work a shit ton of hours, let myself go a little bit, and act like a miserable asshole, as well as sleep and watch non-stop ghost adventures streaming on HBO Max. Now this may be a little cringy or embarrassing to some of you that's listening, but it's the truth. Some podcasters may try to tell you how they want it to be, but one thing you can always trust in with me and the Monster's Lair is I'm going to tell you how it really fucking is. Good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. So, with that being said, with Zach and the GAC freshly on my mind, This episode is going to be on a very strange, unique, paranormal case that the GAC famously covered and produced a controversial documentary on. That case is that of the Ammons family haunting in Gary, Indiana. So without further ado, and more talking about my personal life that cringes me to the core, let's get into it. You've done it now. Your curiosity has betrayed you. You've made it to the end of the woods. But there is one problem. The monster who resides here with his bevy of fiendish friends will entangle you with his tales of hauntings and horrors. I pity you, friend. For you were brave enough to dive into the depths of the monster's lair. November of 2011, Latoya Ammons, her mother Rosa Campbell, and Latoya's three children, then ages 7, 9, and 12, moved into a house located at 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. 
only days after the family moved in. They claimed black flies swarmed the porch in December during cold weather, uncharacteristic of flies, and kept returning even after the family believed they were killed. Campbell initially heard footsteps in the basement and doors creaking. Later, she alleged to have witnessed a, quote, shadowy figure of a man pacing in the living room and found a boot print left from this supposed apparition. Campbell also claimed she was choked by an unknown force. Ammons' 12-year-old daughter was claimed to have levitated above her bed unconscious during a sleepover with a friend. They were said to have prayed until the girl returned to the bed flatly on top. The daughter had no memory of the incident. The older son was allegedly thrown across the room by an unknown force. The younger son allegedly had his eyes roll into the back of his head and was growling saying, It's time to die. And I will kill you. The family reached out to their physician Jeffrey Onayuku on April 19th, 2012. When he visited the house during the supposed haunting, he noted their behavior was, quote, delusional. The physician had been skeptical of the entire incident and failed to witness any paranormal incidents firsthand. In his medical notes, he wrote, delusions of ghost in home and hallucinations. The Ammons children had a history of irregular school attendance with a complaint filed against Ammons in 2009. In 2012, LaToya claimed that her children's continued irregular attendance was due to the demonic activities they claimed were occurring in the home. Someone in Dr. Oneyuku's office contacted police out of concern for the well-being of the children after the police arrived, the children were taken to the hospital. The older boy was described as acting rationally, while the younger boy screamed and thrashed. In 2012, the Department of Child Services, known as DCS, was alerted to the family. The DCS believed that the children were performing for their mother. Sensational stories published in outlets such as the New York Daily News reported that DCS personnel had allegedly witnessed the young boy, quote, walking up the wall backwards, unquote, in a hospital room during a visit. This specific incident was also singled out and put into writing in an official report signed off by a DCS investigator named Valerie Washington, who to this day still claims that it 100% happened before her eyes. 37-year veteran Gary Police Captain Charles Austin believed paranormal activity was indeed occurring in the house after visiting along with DCS personnel for a welfare check. This led the family to ask local Catholic priest Father Michael Maginot to perform an exorcism. He interviewed the family on April 22, 2012 and concluded they were being tormented by demons. He eventually performed three exorcisms, two in English and one in Latin. 
One exorcism was said to be performed on Latoya Ammons and was reported to go successfully. The Ammons family moved out of the home and to Indianapolis in 2012, after which the events were said by the family to have stopped. According to skeptical paranormal investigator Joe Nickel, police chief Charles Austin, quote, was an admitted believer in the supernatural, including ghosts. Nickel reported that the photo published by the Indianapolis Star and captioned photo by Hammond Police was according to the Hammond Police Chief, not an official photo and was not taken by Hammond Police authorities. Nickel also interviewed a number of witnesses and concluded that there were a number of non-supernatural explanations for the claimed supernatural events. Charles Reed, the landlord of the property, stated he had never experienced any supernatural events at the house. His prior tenants also claimed to have no such experiences. At the time, Ammons was behind on lease and used the claimed paranormal activities to avoid payments, according to some. The tenant who moved in after Ammons had not noticed any paranormal events either. Reed believed, in his opinion, the events were a hoax. The children were interviewed by psychologists and several professionals concluded the children were acting deceptively and in accordance with their mother's beliefs. Tracy Wright, a psychologist, noted that the youngest son, quote, acted possessed, unquote, whenever he was challenged or asked questions, quote, that he did not wish to answer, unquote. When Zach Bagans, the host and executive producer of Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel, read an Indie Star story about Latoya Ammons' allegations of demon possession inside a demon house in Gary, Indiana, he, of course, was hooked. Bagans looked into the claims and stories where Ammons claimed she and her three young children had been possessed by spirits inside the rental home from 2011 to 2012. The Gary Police Department and the Indiana Department of Child Services investigated a priest performed exorcisms and even some skeptics were made into believers. Bagans was intrigued and then had an idea. He purchased the Ammons home, sight unseen, and began his own investigation and documentary film. In addition to hosting and executive producing the Ghost Adventures series on the Travel Channel, Bagans is also an author, actor, paranormal investigator, and owner and proprietor of his own museum of supposedly haunted artifacts in Las Vegas, Nevada, where he now resides. Bagans was born in Washington, D.C. and raised in Glen Ellen, Illinois. His rise to fame started in 2004 when he and two friends, Nick Groff and Aaron Goodwin, started to produce a documentary called Ghost Adventures. The film aired on the Sci-Fi Channel in 2007. A successor series premiered in 2008 on the Travel Channel and has aired for 20 seasons, with a for sure 24 season to be announced as of 2021, and as we know, in here in 2023, is still going strong. 
After learning of the Ammons family in the Demon House on Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana, Bagans used his fame, fortune, and influence as a known paranormal investigator to purchase the home. After completing his own investigation with a team he assembled, including Bill Tolley and Jay Wosley, also in later episodes of Ghost Adventures, he promptly demolished the home and released a two-hour documentary horror film entitled Demon House in the March of 2018, based on the experiences of the Ammons and her family, Father Maginot, members of the Gary PD, his documentary team, himself, and other investigators. In the opening of the film, Zach states himself in the narration that this is the case that, quote, fucked me up, unquote. In the film, Bagans starts out skeptical about the Ammons family and initially thinks it's a hoax. He describes the photo that appeared in the Indy Star as clearly fake and questions first-hand accounts. He attempts to make contact with the Ammons family firsthand at their new residence, but it appears they don't want to talk due to a pending movie deal based on their experiences. He also gets a call from the project's director urging Zack to back off the story as he signed a deal for rights to it. Zack eventually tracks down and speaks to a brother of Latoya Ammons, who tells Zack first-hand accounts of witnessing demonic possession in the children. Once the family finds out the brother has spoken to Zack, they kick him out of their home, and it is reported to Zack. Next, Zack then calls in a home inspector to check out the home and see if the home has any issues that could provide a concrete explanation as to the strange activity occurring within. The inspector tells Zack that the home does indeed contain black mold and is at risk of being susceptible to carbon monoxide. They briefly discuss this as a possibility of weird activity surrounding the house. Zack then receives a visit from a former resident of the home who claims she lived there and was terrified of the basement. After giving the woman and her kids a tour of the home, Zack is contacted by the same woman days later who claims that one of her daughters began acting strangely after the visit and eventually attempted to commit suicide. The woman and Zack believe this is directly linked to the visit to the home. Zack contacts Father Maginot and puts him in touch with the family. He conducts an exorcism on the daughter and claims that it worked. Zack and his crew continue to investigate the home and one of Zack's cameramen begins to act strange. Later, after leaving the home and going back to the hotel he and the team were staying in, the same cameraman has an incident in the hotel where he begins to vomit up blood and claims to have seen a demonic figure in the elevator. After calming the cameraman down, they return to the project, but days later the cameraman is continuing to act strange. Due to this behavior, Zack removes the man from the project. Zack then decides to board himself up in the home by himself overnight and conduct a solo investigation. This is when things in the film escalate and Zack claims to have seen a shadow apparition and as depicted in the film partially caps it on, captures it on camera. The figure comes out of one of the walls, walks by him where he is sitting on a bed in one of the bedrooms. 
Zack begins freaking out and yelling out the out to the entity to get away from him and then begins throwing items from the home at it. Shortly after this, Zack begins having pain in his eyes. After the investigation, Zack seeks medical treatment for his eyes and it is found that he has permanent damage. And as you can hear in the background, uh, my dogs don't care too much for demons either. It is at this time and after people around him, as well as people who have visited the house, continue to have bad luck and health issues, ranging from accidents, being hospitalized, and even tragic deaths, he decides to tear down the home. The demolition of the home is how the film comes to an end. Zack later stated in a 2016 interview, quote, Something was inside that house that had the ability to do things that I had never seen before, things that others carrying the highest form of credibility couldn't explain either. There was something there that was very dark, yet highly intelligent and powerful. For anyone interested, the documentary film can be seen on Amazon Prime, YouTube, and other streaming services for free. Check it out for yourselves if you get the opportunity. If nothing else, it is a very entertaining watch. Let me start this next segment by stating right at the top that this is not a hit piece against Zach Bagans or any of the Ghost Adventures team. This segment is merely intended here as an exploration of claims against the Ghost Adventures team and the credibility of reality TV ghost hunting shows in general. At the end of the day, I'm a fan and I actually enjoy sitting back and watching what Zach and his team do and their contributions to the exploration of the unexplained of the paranormal and contributions to entertainment in general. Naysayers have been a part of paranormal TV since the beginning. In the early days, there were shows such as One Step Beyond, which broadcast 96 episodes on the ABC network from 1959 to 1961. In Search Of, hosted by Star Trek Spock, Leonard Nimoy, which ran for six years from 77 to 82. Unsolved Mysteries, hosted by the incomparable Robert Stack, who terrified countless numbers of American households from the show's original run from 1987 to 2002. These shows laid the foundation and gave way to the second wave of reality-based paranormal TV shows of the 90s and early 2000s, such as original content the Discovery Channel started to explore with some success from 96 on, the news-style-oriented sightings on Fox from 91 to 98, and the less-known but equally awesome and culturally significant MTV's Fear, which began in 2000. MTV's Fear established a visual look, atmosphere, and editing style followed by many paranormal-based reality TV shows to come. In 2002, the British satellite channel Living TV launched the paranormal documentary investigative series Most Haunted, a series which still airs. All of these shows were attacked and criticized by skeptics, critics, and non-believers alike all throughout their runs and continue to be subject of this discussion today. 
The boom of paranormal reality as we know it today, however, definitely started in 2004 with the series Ghost Hunters, which premiered on Sci-Fi that same year. The show was a smash hit, and almost overnight, the team that the show followed, Jason Hawes, Grant Wilson, Steve Gonzalves, and Brian Harnoy, and their paranormal investigation company, TAPS, which stood for the Atlantic Paranormal Society, became household names and a cultural icon. At this point, ghost hunting became popularized, and the show inspired many other shows such as Destination Truth, hosted by Josh Gates, our subject here, Ghost Adventures, which premiered on the Discovery Network's owned Travel Channel in 2008 after the success of the previously mentioned documentary of the same name, and also from 2007 to 2011, TV network A&E began airing the prominent ghost hunting series Paranormal State. This program follows and stars the Pennsylvania State University Paranormal Research Society, a student-led college club led by investigator Ryan Buell. The show also led to increased popularity of controversial psychic mediums Chip Coffee and Michelle Boulanger, and often featured prominently famed demonologist, medium, paranormal investigator, Lorraine Warren, the one and only herself. This wave of paranormal reality TV shows would face the harshest criticism yet due to controversial figures, similarities in style, formulaic outlines, rumors of staging and hoaxes, overnight popularity, and fast fame of their stars and creators. With all that being said, let's get back to our main subjects, the Ghost Adventures crew, who they themselves are no strangers to controversy. In the Halloween special titled Ghost Adventures Live, which was broadcast from the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum on October 30th, 2009, controversy arose when Robert Bess, inventor of the Parabot Containment Chamber, which was a device he said was to attract and empower spirits using energy, giving them form, claims to have had an EMF meter knocked violently out of his hands. Problem is, that's not what happened, and it was quickly debunked. Upon investigation of the video, it was found that he had actually thrown it. In the November 6, 2009 follow-up, Ghost Adventures Live post-mortem, as a result of the online backlash, Bagans and Groff reviewed the video and concluded that they couldn't claim paranormal explanation for the incident. In another incident, very close to the GAC, reality was a lot scarier than any haunted or abandoned establishment they could have made up. Paranormal investigators Mark and Debbie Constantino, who were often featured on the show and now be, may be featured posthumously on a true crime series, had a long, dark history of domestic violence. The history came to a tragic head in September 2015 when Mark killed Debbie as well as himself after an extensive SWAT team lockdown. This incident is discussed by Zach briefly in the Demon House documentary as well and is one of the incidents of bad luck that he states coincides with his time in the house. 
This incident brought into question the character of those in the GAC and raised concerns in the types of people that Zack and the boys were working with and around and called friends. To me personally, this was a little bit unfair to the GAC as we have no way of knowing how much they knew about what was going on behind the scenes and could have been completely unaware but being lumped into shady dealings and being associated with less than savory people is a risk you take by doing anything in the public light. And another incident that made headlines and led to GAC controversy was the spat Zach and fellow paranormal investigator haunted artifact owner and son-in-law to the Warrens, Tony Spera, over the Annabelle the Haunted Doll. It began with jokes from the GAC social media about the escape of Annabelle from her home in the Warrens Occult Museum on the East Coast. Tony Spera first attacked Ghost Adventures on social media, openly criticizing them. Zick responded, Zach responded by posting Tony Spera, Annabelle's owner. I'm fed up with the nasty things this man is saying about myself, my entire crew, and our show. Zach continued on explaining why he believes Tony to be wrong in his accusations. He continued, if his claims of Annabelle being purely evil slash demonic had the power to cause a guy's fatal motorcycle accident just for talking to her, from outside her protected case, then why would he even take her out of her protective sealed case that Ed and Lorraine Warren put a sign on that reads, Warning, positively do not open, then cram her into a small plastic briefcase and use oven mitts to carry her around my museum, putting her in a high chair and let us investigate her. Oh wait, for a large amount of money, he was quick to collect after he stormed off set. Wonder how Ed and Lorraine would feel how you took Annabelle out of a case they said never to for a big check. Stop being a hypocrite, Tony. Zach continues on saying, Tony questions and slams their knowledge of the paranormal. He went on to say how Tony is absurd to think that Annabelle can be contained and behave with the use of just oven mitts. When Zack and the crew investigated Annabelle at the museum, Tony knew Zack showed signs of being affected by the doll. He acknowledged it, but ultimately didn't seem to care. In fact, Zack accidentally touched Annabelle's foot, which he does not remember. He said, quote, Remember? He told me Annabelle was affecting me, so why wouldn't he understand that and offer me concern or help in that situation? Unquote. What can I say about this other than only in the year 2020 could we have had a highly publicized beef between two ghost hunters over a supposedly demonic possessed doll and not even bat an eye. Whether you love or hate Zach Bagans and his quote bro style or what even some people call douchiness, one thing about him is he puts his money where his paranormal loving mouth is whether cameras are rolling or not. In August 2015, Bagans plucked down $32,000 for a band that belonged to Dr. Jack Kevorkian, who notoriously assisted with the suicide of 130 confirmed patients. Bagans says that he doesn't plan on using the vehicle for ghost adventures, 
but does intend on investigating the van. Quote, I want to have it to show recognition to those people and the energy they had at the time of their death. I can't wait to get it and see what it feel off what I feel off of it it called out to me, unquote. Spoiler alert, he did use up end up using the van for Ghost Adventures content. He also forked out a good chunk of dough for the demon house, the subject of this episode and put forth a significant amount of money to open and cultivate his paranormal museum and fill it with supposedly haunted artifacts. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, you have to admit that Zack and the rest of the crew are definitely entertaining. Whether it's on ghost adventures, in documentaries, in interviews, in movies, or on the news, in feuds on social media... There's a whole lot more to these guys than just investigating creepy locations. Another thing I appreciate about them is, much like this show, the moral of their episodes usually tends to be that no matter how scared you may be of a particular haunted location, paranormal entity, or strange happening, the real monsters in this world are usually human. I would like to take this time to give credit to all of those who have helped me to create TML and those who go above and beyond to support it. Thank you to my former co-host and longtime friend, Tommy the Nightmare Cunningham. R.I.P. bro, I miss you every day. Thank you to the Chief, Alan Bailey Junette creator of the first and original TML logo and cover art. Alan has also appeared inside the lair as well as a guest, and Alan has contributed music to the show via our old band together, along with our good friend Kevin Fowler in Skull. Thank you to Mike Morgan, also known as the Mad Thinker. Mike has been a listener, a supporter since day one, has appeared multiple times as a guest and as a co-host, and has contributed music and sound beds to the podcast. Check out his Instagram, at MadThinker, with the number 3 in place of the E. And uh, Mike creates music and beats and sound beds, so if you guys are interested, contact him through Instagram. Speaking of music, a huge thank you goes out to Hanford, California-based folk rock band Poor Man's Poison for allowing me the use of their song Devil's Price as the Monster's Lair theme song. Poor Man's Poison is comprised of Tommy McCarthy, Ryan Hacker, Mike Jacobs, and Dustin Medeiros. Visit the band's site www.poormanspoison.net for news and info on the band. And check them out on social media. And most importantly, go stream, listen to, purchase, and download The Devil's Price and the rest of their awesome catalog. Thank you to my friends and partners in the Myriad Podcast Network, the Bearded Breed Polly Manners, the Dark Knight himself, Brandon Davis, Zach the Jackal Mueller, and Allie Dread. Thank you guys for the constant support, feedback, brainstorming, spitballing, collaborating, and contributions to the show. Just about everyone there has been a guest, contributed some sound clip, or contributed music or sound beds to the show, and I can't thank them enough. 
Um, I know with you guys in on this project, we can make MPN something great. And I appreciate all that you guys do. And listeners, if you haven't yet, please go and check out all of the shows on the Myriad Podcast Network, the Bearded Breed Podcast, the Nerdsman Presents, the Dark Knight Podcast, and Abyss's Realm. Also follow Polly and Brandon on Twitch for their gaming content at links on their socials and websites. Speaking of podcasting and Twitch, a huge thank you goes out to the mighty Slaptail Squad and the Slaptail Nation. John the Beaveman, his faithful number two Rons, the Swan, Tremonde, and of course the newest member of the squad, Mike Cateo, are huge supporters of me and the Monsters Lair. They're the first and only podcast to feature me as a guest multiple times and always shout out and promote the show, and I am very grateful to them for that. In addition to the podcast on Twitch, search Skylar Creates for the boy, Skylar Dolan, and his live streaming content. It's always a good time, great for laughs, entertaining, and features often the members of Slaptail Nation. Another very special thank you goes out to Just Under Your Visual, Juve Desayuno, and Big Ren the Legendary from the Hard Camera Podcast. Appreciate you guys giving me a shout out from time to time. And if you guys that are listening enjoy great takes on pro wrestling, pop culture, and current events, The Hard Camera is the perfect podcast that takes a hard look at all three for you. Check it out everywhere podcasts can be heard. Once again, that's The Hard Camera Podcast. Thank you to Thomas Burrell and everyone over at Burial 13 Apparel. Burial 13 is a clothing brand based right here in Fresno, California, my hometown, that I am proud to be a a brand ambassador for. They specialize in dark and macabre motifs and make great durable and lasting gear. Go and check out their website, www.burial13apparel.com. Shop and browse their site. And if you find something you like, be sure to use my special promo code on their merchandise on their website. That code is TML10. Once again, TML10. And save yourself some precious dough. And uh, support two small local businesses, Burial 13 Apparel and the Monsters Layer Podcast, at the same time. Thank you to my lovely wife at Sublime Christie and my kids, the Heathens, for supporting me in this passion project and contributing to the show. I love you guys. And of course, last, but certainly not least, a huge, huge thank you to you, the listeners. Um, Especially if you have listened to the show this far in and are still with me at this point in the podcast. You guys are awesome. And by listening, your continued support and liking, rating, following, and sharing the show... You've basically validated what I do here and have established a guy who talks into his phone and tells ghost stories as a legit podcaster that can compete with some of the bigger dogs in the yard. So thank you all. I appreciate all that you guys do for me, your continued listenership, your support, and your sharing of the monster's lair. Thank you. This podcast has been a production of the Myriad Podcast Network.